0: Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director at CFA Institute and host of the Take 15 series. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded live at our annual conference in London. Be sure to check out other live recordings at annual.cfainstitute.org live. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Conference Live, CFA Institute's coverage of its 72nd annual conference here in London. I'm Jason Voss, CEO of Active Investment Management Consulting. Joining us here on the stage is Jane Henshaw of Vanguard, uh, the Center for Investor Research. You are the head.
1: That's right.
0: That's right. And you've spent 15 years working with IT prior to joining this team, and you have led and implemented and evaluated nudges in different contexts for the benefit of those end clients, yes? Yes. Welcome. Thanks very much for coming. So talk to me about your work at Vanguard. I I think, by the way, as a preview to the audience, this is one of the more interesting sessions we were doing, the annual conference. Tell me a little bit about what you do.
1: Well, my background is really technology, and I came up in this role through designing things like our websites, our mobile sites, and really it was selfish in nature because I hate talking to a person. I'm one of those people that if I have a problem with a service provider, I don't wanna have to call. And so I always wanted to make sure that people could do whatever they needed to do on our sites as easily as possible. And so for 15 years, I worked in sort of a client experience space, designing um, and improving first our digital assets and then our mobile sites. And then I really got interested in the other side of it and understanding we were collecting so much data, 20 billion clicks about you know, what everybody was doing in all our digital assets. And I thought, wow, we should really be looking at this, paying attention to it. We can learn so much from what people are already doing on our sites about how to improve the sites, um, what people are interested in, and finally, how to help make them better investors.
0: Right. So it sounds like the inspiration was, A, the tangency that you had to the data itself, plus I'm guessing Vanguard's mission-driven culture and its interest in investors and the two converged. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So next question. In your opinion, what should financial and investment firms be doing differently than they are now?
1: I think one thing that surprised me in doing this research is there's so much focus on millennials. You know, it's, it's always fun to talk about millennials and their they, uh, great sports and letting us... Um, sort of make all these generalizations about them. But one thing we find, especially with our mobile devices, is that once I can get somebody to use a mobile device, it's actually our investors who are 55 years and older, more that boomer generation, that are spending the most time, the most minutes on our mobile assets. And so I think when firms or advisors are thinking about how do I interact with my clients through something like a mobile app, don't count out your older investors, they're actually pretty engaged um, once they get over that hurdle on those type of channels. And that's been something that we've started to think about more and put more resources into designing for that age group.
0: So, deviating slightly from from what we've talked about in terms of the questions, but I I think you'll be very comfortable with the the question. Um, You gathered all that data, you said 20 billion clicks, that's a small number, (laughs) (laughs) right? and you've now developed things in response to those clicks. What were some of the things you initially found that surprised you? Hey, you've just mentioned one, were there other things? And then how did you begin to develop? And how much time did it take to like, get something meaningful um, that, that moved the needle?
1: Well, one, it's a continual journey. Yeah. Um, you don't just look at it one day, get all the answers, and stop, because right. people are changing their habits as we're looking at it. Um, Two, like all big data, it's very messy data. And so Vanguard, um, over the years, we've had a lot of different sites, a lot of different technologies. And so we're continually investing in cleaning and interpreting um, that data. I think for us, one of the things that stood out initially is that a lot of people are going on and just looking at their money. So we used to think about Uh, Let's make sure and watch people who are trading. Everybody must be going on and trading or moving their money. But actually, a lot of people go on and just like to look at it. And the ratio is about 16 to 1. So you're 16 times more likely to go on on a given day and just monitor your accounts, which is a good thing. We don't want you trading all the time um, than you are to trade. And so how can we put context around that looking? How can we put guidance? How can we put education and support? And so that you find that to be a valuable experience with us.
0: So I know one of your concerns is attention. Talk to me about attention and how that factors into all of this work you do.
1: Well, we know there's we're in competition for attention, right? I'm not just trying to get your attention, your are um, your social media fees are trying to get your attention. Retailers are trying to get your attention. And so it's a very limited commodity these days and our attention span spans are shrinking. Yeah. Um, now, luckily, people do have a vested interest in their money, which we know and we hope. And the good news is that the more money, the more assets you accumulate over time, the more you tend to pay attention to it and the more you like looking at it. And so there's this um, inherent feedback loop that the better your money performs, the more you like looking at it, the more you look at it, the more attention you pay. And so I think that's all a very good thing and it ties into another one of our trends which is noting that looking at your money can be very emotional. So it's not just the rational mind that's being engaged but the emotions as well.
0: Yeah, and is that research done in the lab or is that information you can infer from the data that you collect or how do you know? Or just because you're quoting the science and you know the science?
1: combination of tools. Part of it's uh, supplemented with survey. So we do survey work and go out and ask people, how do you feel when you look at your money? We're also undertaking a new exciting um, set of work this summer where we're going to be introducing neuroscience into our study. And so of Course we don't have MRIs in the basement of Vanguard. We're not we're not investing in that, but we're partnering with a leading academic institution right down the road, University of Pennsylvania and Wharton, and they're gonna help us really understand what's going on in people's minds, right? Another set of data is right in here. We've sure. got brain waves, cortisol. Emotions while while people are looking at their money and what can we learn from what parts of the brain are triggering different decisions.
0: Super interesting. So let me ask you a question. It's a, hypoth- it's a hypothetical question, uh, and it requires a little setup. So I apologize in advance. Several years ago, for CFA Institute, uh, I was an author on a document called the Future State of the Investment Profession, and from our discussions we thought that, like it came up spontaneously. The question we get asked the most as investment professionals is can you explain this financial statement to me? Mm-hmm. And so we foresaw a moment because there is so much data and we do now know client preferences for information and what makes them you know, feel anxiety. Can you imagine a future uh, where financial statements are more customizable, they present the information the client not only wants to see, but in a way that's actually Better suited for them. So, for example, you mentioned millennials. Maybe the millennials like it differently than maybe that 55 to 65 crowd. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm going to answer the question a little differently. Sure. Uh, year over year, we see people accessing their online statements is dropping. It used to be in the top five activities everybody did, the top 10. Now it's, I think, somewhere around 18, number 18. And so, I don't know that financial statements as you know the old paper statement as I think of it as the PDF is as relevant as somebody going and logging in online yeah. and that being really their you know real-time statement last experience where they can interact with tools, they can chat, they can make hypotheticals and so my personal opinion is maybe statements aren't the way to think about it anymore they're not the right frame. Sure. And it becomes more about a holistic online experience.
0: Yeah, and so that probably begs the question, you mentioned you dangled mobile. Um, are you seeing a big switch to mobile? Are more people mm-hmm. accessing Vanguard's data and all of this information more for, through the mobile
1: app? We are. Desktop and traditional computer use is declining about three percentage points a year. Yeah. Whereas mobile, uh, both browser and app, are increasing about 18% over both of our retail and 401k businesses. Yeah.
0: So going back to that environment, you said the online experience is richer than the traditional PDF, totally agree. Um, To what degree can you layer in goals and is maybe that a goal of the neuroscience? I'm guessing the neuroscience you're trying to get richer, more comprehensive, maybe more honest data, honestly, in terms of how clients really feel about things. Is, Is maybe one goal to pair up client goals relative to what they see or?
1: Yeah, I think any data that we have at a personal level that helps us understand your goals, your frame of mind when making investment decisions, and are you in a good place, you know, the last thing we want is somebody to make an, a panicky or an impulsive decision. So these are all just tools, maybe for us or for an advisor to look at to say, sure. you know, what's the behavioral coaching needed so that somebody can make a good long term investment decision and give them the best chance for investment success, which is our goal.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, no money, like you don't have to ante in, right? The, you're not held to account for this five years on, but because of your, working on the frontiers of this space, what do you think? Like, like right now, you know relatively what's po- possible based on the data and the technology, but you must have like dreams of what could be possible. Like what, what occupies that space? What are you fantasizing about that you can't do now?
1: I mean, for me personally, I'm really intrigued by all the information that's being collected by these wearable devices. So whether it's an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, or any type of wearable, I think there's a goldmine of information about heart rate, pulse, could be translated into my personal anxiety level. And if I could tie that to times where I'm looking at my finances or doing consequential financial decision-making, you know, does that give more information for me or an advisor to know, okay, am I making this in a, quote, rational state of mind, or is this not the right time? Let me slow down, put on hold, maybe talk to a trusted friend or advisor about the decision I'm making. So I think we're gonna see more overlap between digital data, financial data, and biometric personal data all coming together.
0: Yeah, for what it's worth, I agree. That was a part of the future uh, State of the Investment Profession document I mentioned. We also discussed the integration of biometric data and like what's your real risk preference? Yeah, exactly. It could be measured more directly now. So for my final question, how do you measure your success? I know you said we're a mission-oriented organization, but surely you have internal metrics and you're trying to move the needle constantly. Like, what's the success metric look like? What do you, what's the state you're moving from and that you're trying to move toward?
1: For our group, it's a little different. We're really about transparency and having these discussions in the industry. So Vanguard wants to be a leader in sharing data, in uh, raising the bar for other organizations to possibly share their data on investor decision-making. And in that way, we think we can come together as an industry and really um, provide better tools and solutions to all of our clients.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Jane, for being here. I really appreciate it. It's a super interesting field, in my opinion. I think it's at the frontiers of client engagement. I'm so glad that you joined us today.
1: Thank you very much, Jason. If you enjoyed today's episode,
0: please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and it helps others find the show. Also, a quick reminder, this podcast isn't intended to provide expert advice on the topics we covered. If you need tax, accounting or legal advice, please consult a professional. I am Lauren Foster. Thanks so much for listening.